we hope and trust that you're all doing well despite the difficult times that we find ourselves in. Just a reminder that God loves you, He's got you, His grace is always surrounding us, and He has a plan for our lives. On that note, Uncle Bessie will be bringing you this week's message. We hope that you enjoy it, and God bless. So I want to warmly greet you today in the name of Jesus, and thank you so much for joining us. As I greet you, I, um, I actually want to just quote from First uh, Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 17, where Paul says, and I'm going to just use a few words, he says, we have great desire to see you face to face. And I just want to say that, that in the midst of this lockdown thing and us not being able to meet, it's now been since um, December, I've seen some of your faces, but most of you we've not been able to see. And I just want to express that we have a longing as elders, as the people of God, to see one another again. There's no doubt that meeting on Sundays is of great value. It's not the only thing. It's not the thing of our Christian walk, but it is a wonderful thing. And I want to say to you that we long to see you face to face soon. And uh, I trust that it will become possible. We're carrying on in our series, The King and I. And uh, I want to pray as we commence with today's preach. Father, we thank you for the fact that we can be outside and enjoy just the beauty of the sun and the clouds. And we do want to thank you again today for the incredible rain that you've blessed Zimbabwe with. We hear so many testimonies, Lord God, of incredible rain all over the country. We thank you for it. You want to pray, Lord God, that the dams will even fill more and that you will be good to your people once again, Lord God. We thank you for your goodness. We also pray for our time together today that it will be hugely beneficial, Father, for all of us as we consider just these things that we want to talk about. Pray, Lord, that you will help me. I'm so dependent upon you to communicate effectively. Trust you for this in Jesus' name. Amen. So our venue today is again very closely linked to the focus we have um, for our message. Uh, we're in a place here in Bulawayo where people in the days gone by often used to visit with huge expectations when they would come here. And I would imagine often they would leave with just great disappointment. We're at, um, we're at the racing track, yeah, where horses here behind me would run and this would be the finishing line. And uh, I can imagine people would come here and, uh, and put money on what particular horse would, would, would win and, and they would have hope. They would have incredible expectation that their horse or their horses will come in in good spots so that they could walk away with some dividend, some money that they had earned from that exercise. So this is a place that people used to come with huge expectations. And um, another word for expectation is hope or belief. So they would come with that hope or belief that today I'm going to make money. Unfortunately... We know in life that often we are disappointed. I don't know about you, but I've often lived with these expectations that people will do what I want them to do and what I think they should be doing, but often they don't. Even in my family, I would have an expectation that my wife would do X, Y, Z, or my sons would, would help me in this particular way. And one of the things I loved from my sons or I, a huge expectation that I have is that they would regularly contact us and talk to us on the phone. But boy, oh boy, it doesn't always happen. 
And so I'm let down a little bit, not because they're bad, but just because I have an expectation that that is what they should do. <laughs> Today is Valentine's Day, and I'm sure that there are many people that have huge expectations because they sent messages, particularly if you're not married and you're eyeing somebody and pursuing them, you would send them a message and hoping for a good response. If you are married and you haven't communicated your love to your spouse for a while, maybe it's a good thing to do that. Do it without an expectation, by the way. Anyway, coming back to the book of Matthew, we want to go through over the next couple of weeks, two or three weeks, I want to share with you some of the expectations I think we have in God that I don't think are so realistic. And and uh, it won't probably, um, well, it actually will disappoint us, some of these expectations we have. And so I want to take you through some. We'll probably only just do about three today. And we're going to go through from the beginning and just look at these things. And what we will be doing is, is look at my expectation and, and, and the kingdom reality. So really, that's the message of today's preach, is my expectations and His kingdom. And how often these things are a little bit different. And so I hope that it will help you. So the first thing that I want you to look at with me is from, obviously, the book of Matthew. And, and in there, we find this interesting expectation that I think I have deducted, that, that our lives, we, we often, as followers of Jesus, we don't believe that God would ever allow our faith to severely be tested. <laughs> we live with that expectation that surely God's not going to let my faith be tested. But yeah, we find a kingdom reality that is the opposite of that. And, and in Matthew 4, verses 1 to 11, we read this incredible story of Jesus being taken into the desert to be tested, to be tempted. Not by God. God doesn't tempt us. But he went in through the desert, allowed by God to go into a time where the devil was going to tempt him and test him. And, and you can read from verses 1 to 11, that incredible passage. But the amazing thing is this. Before that happens, we read the beautiful story of how Jesus was baptized. And, and it's kind of like the public announcement of he's arrived. He's come to now do what he's supposed to do and that his ministry was going to start. And so at the end of chapter 3, we're verse 13, it says, This is my beloved son, the father speaking from heaven, saying, This is my son, whom I am well pleased with. And so it's a beautiful statement. Like, boom! It's like his ministry is going to start now. And then it says, then. Then after that, in verse 1 of chapter 4, we see that it says, Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted. <laughs> Amazing. So he's going to go through this testing time that's not easy. For 40 days, he was going to go into this moment to be tested and tempted. And God led him into it. God, God's not the one that, that enticed him into evil. The devil did that, but God allowed it. And so for me and you, none of us want to go into a desert to be tempted. But here we find that Maybe we have an expectation that we will probably never be taken into a desert like this to be tested and see if our faith is genuine. But yet, it seems like a kingdom reality is that it could happen. Hopefully, we won't physically have to go into a desert, but so often it's a spiritual desert that we have to face. And we have to be strong. And we've got to know that becoming a follower of Jesus 
could result in certain things coming my way that may not always be pleasant. And so my hope often can be that as a Christian, only good will happen and, and surely my faith will not be challenged. But we find in 1 Peter 1, I want to read this to you in verses 3 to 7. I'm just going to read it from my notes. It says, In this you rejoice, Peter writing, Though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials. So, the purpose of it, so that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold, that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus. So Peter's really saying, guys, you're going to be tested. Just make peace with it to prove that your faith is genuine. And so that at the end of the day, glory be given to God our Father. And so if we have an expectation, folks, that it's not going to be tested, we're going to have to lay that aside and pick up a kingdom reality. We see Jesus was taken into the desert. You and I go through our desert experiences. We've got to be strong. Jesus, how did he handle it? It didn't surprise him, first of all. It's not like, oh no, I've just been affirmed by the Father and now this. We don't see that. Jesus kind of knew that in life that's what's going to happen. The second thing is as he went through this testing time, he held on to the truth. And we see how he refers to the Word of God as the answer for each test that the devil threw at him. And so kind of expect that kingdom reality is that we will be tested. And when you go through these moments, hold on to the truth. If the truth is not around where you don't have it in your life, then we have nothing to hold on. So please find the truth and hold on to it. The second thing I want to mention as an expectation, and again, I want to say a wrong expectation, is that as a follower of Jesus, I often believe that, that he will protect me from storms in my life. I wouldn't have to go through storms. Boy, oh boy, this place again speaks of expectations that people had and, and got disappointed in. And, and we see that a kingdom reality is not true. We find that in Matthew chapter 8, and, and verse 23, just, just listen to this. Jesus is now with his disciples. And, and it says in verse 23, And when he got into the boat, his disciples followed him. So Jesus said to them way back, follow me. So he was leading them, all right? Jesus is the leader. He leads them into a boat. Not only does he lead them into a boat, which is now going on to um, the sea, it says, and behold, there arose a great storm on the sea, <laughs> so that the boat was being swamped by the waves. But he was asleep. <laughs> as, as, a, as, as an expectation I live with is that I'll, I'll never have to go through storms. Praise the Lord Jesus. No storms for me. I just claim it, name it, and frame it. <laughs> but here we have Jesus leading his disciples onto a boat, onto the sea, knowing that there's a storm coming, and he falls asleep. <laughs> he doesn't warn them. He just says, come with me, guys. We're going to go into the boat. So the kingdom reality is this. Jesus will take us as his disciples, as his followers, with him into storms. With him into storms. And so kind of expect storms to come. It's a reality. It's a kingdom reality. It's an expectation that I have that I will never have to. But a kingdom reality is this, that storms will come. And we will be disappointed if our expectation is that God will never lead us into a storm. These guys were led into storms. And, and they had to be strong. And Jesus was even asleep. And they were like, oh my goodness, not only is there a storm, but I'm sleeping. Come on, Jesus, wake up, which they did. 
God will certainly lead us into moments where we will be given an opportunity in these storms to see his power at work. And so I want to encourage you, tests come our way to reveal to us the condition of our faith, condition of our hearts. I want to say storms come to reveal God's power at work in our lives. So when there's a storm, it's an opportunity to see his power at work. So if you're going through a storm at the moment and, and you've been disappointed because you thought you will never have to go through it, take heart. Jesus is with you. He wants to encourage you and he wants to let his power be revealed in that moment. So don't run away from the storm. Run to him. Let his power become relevant and real to you. So every storm we are in or will go through has a potential to reveal something to us about who Jesus is. Tests real reveal to us our faith and where we are. Storms reveal to us who Jesus is. So take heart. This is a moment for you to see more of Christ. Storms will challenge our faith and our perspective of who Jesus is. And I want to say he's right there with you. It might appear to you that he's not, that he's asleep. <laughs> But he's not. So even if Jesus is asleep, according to human terms here, he's still right there, able to do the miraculous. So allow him, please, to in, every, in the midst of every storm that you are in or will be, to show you more about himself. Isaiah 43 is this beautiful portion that I just want to read to you that so confirms this thing from the Old Testament that this is what will happen to us. It says, fear not. God speaking, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. Feel secure because of that. Then he says, when you pass through the waters, I'll be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned. And the flame shall not consume you. God's promise is very real. In the midst of storms, everything before storms, that he will be with us. He will not forsake us. He will not leave us. So if your expectation was no storms for me, reality is kingdom, there will be storms, but our king will be with us. The last thing I want to say to you as an expectation is from Matthew 10, where we keep on reading these things that, that Jesus says to us that we need to be prepared to face. The expectation, I think, according to this portion that we're going to look at is, I think often we believe that, in, that following Jesus will make people like me and bring me in good standing with many. They always is like me and they'll always be just incredibly supportive of me. But when we read here in Matthew 10, the whole portion from verses 5 through to 36, and I'll quote a few references there, we find the kingdom reality is this, that, that Jesus says that people often will persecute us for our faith and that those even close to us could even turn against us. So the expectation that I could live with is, surely that as a follower of Jesus, everybody's going to like me and, and it's going to turn them towards me and they're going to be supportive of my decision to follow Christ. Kingdom reality seems to be that it ain't going to happen that way. That even those close to me may turn against me. We find that Jesus in that portion, 10 verses 5 to 36, and please go read it at your own time. He warns us. That as people do this, that, that, that they will really perhaps be nasty to us. He uses words like the following. If anyone will not receive you, really a real possibility of that. He says, beware of men, for they will de deliver you over to courts. 
He says the following, when they persecute you, be mindful of the following. He says, have no fear of them. The reality is that he's saying, I understand that you could fear, but have no fear of them, he says. Last one I want to quote, he says, a person's enemies will be those of his own household. And that's scary. It's like even the people closest to me. If I put my faith in Christ, if as a follower, they may even turn against me. And my expectation could be, no, surely not. Can't happen. Kingdom reality is, it probably could happen. I'm not saying that everybody will do that. But it clearly implies that not everyone will like us and support us in, in the faith that we have in Christ. The reality is we're not called to be famous. We're called to be faithful. And if we have an expectation that, that everybody will just be incredibly supportive and, and, and applaud our faith in Christ, I think that's where our disappointment could be found. Like people would come here and be disappointed. So I want to encourage you, the kingdom reality is that yeah, it, it could be that people will turn against us. But there's a wonderful reward in the same chapter from verses 40 to 42. God, God promises that if we hold on to him, there is a reward. So I want to conclude this preach by just saying, we live with expectations. We're going to carry on looking at some more from uh, chapter 10 onward next time we, we, we share with you. But I want to encourage you, don't let these three expectations that we've spoken of today be ones that trip you. But let's look at the kingdom reality and understand that there are realities of our faith being tested. Storms will come. People may turn against us. But God is faithful. And he wants us to live according to kingdom values and say, I want to hold on to what the king says is important. And so the whole thing is that king and I, we want to walk together. We want to hold on to, to his values and, and let that determine my life, not my own expectations. And so may God encourage you, encourage us to not live with our own fleshly expectations because we will probably be disappointed. But to in these instances that we spoke about today, be strong. If you're tested, be strong. If you're in a storm, look out for Christ. If people turn against you, realize that God is the one who rewards those who hold on to and diligently follow Him. Let's pray. God, we, we're at a place here today where many people have been disappointed in the past, and I'm sure many people have been also very, very, um, been very fortunate in the way that they've earned money from this place, but it's always been a risk. Now, thank you that with you there are no risks in a sense. If we put our trust in you, Lord God, our lives take a turn towards just a different kind of hope. A hope that is not based on, on, on fleshly and worldly uh, standards, but a hope that is based on the character of Christ that never changes. And that's why we can put our expectation in you, Lord God, that you will never change. But, but Lord God, where we have had wrong expectations and still do, I pray that you will help us to see which ones are wrong. Particularly, Lord God, if we've, if we've only thought that we'll never be tested, please forgive us because that's a reality we will be. Lord God, if we've been complaining about storms and not wanting to be in storms and, and, and despising storms and thinking we won't go into storms, help us to have a different mindset that storms will come, but you will be there. Lord God, if we had hoped that people will always just like us because we follow you and, and, and always be supportive 
and we've been disappointed. Please forgive us, Father, for having wrong expectations in that area. Please hope, please help us, Lord God, that, that we will put our hope in you, and that no matter what people think of us, we know what God says and what God thinks, and that is where we, our confidence is found. That's where our security is found. I pray, Lord, that you will help us in those areas. I pray for people that particularly are in storms, Lord God, that you will help them to see your power at work in that very moment they're in. Trust you for it, Father. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thanks for joining us. God bless you. Have a great week. Mm -hmm.